At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, as well as information on latest releases and game reviews. You can also watch us play some of your favorite games, everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War, on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all of your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a... Well, the owner of a comic book store. Trust me, true believer. Well, Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most comic books in the world. Whatever, my escape was, um, comic books. Net profit to me, negative $59. I love the comics because of the brightness displayed by the fellows who drew them. They remained with me always, and when comic books first came into being, it drew me to them. Tales from the Comic Shop. Hey, welcome to Tales from the Comic Shop, the show that takes you behind the counter. I'm your host, Joe, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Eddie D'Angelini and Roger Prowse. How are you gentlemen doing? Good. Good. Fantastic. Enthusiastic, that's how I am. All right. What y'all been up to in the shops these days? Ooh. Um, been up quite a bit for me. Um, we're still kind of suffering through this pandemic, so uh, we're still trying to do what we can to get through it. Uh, on the other hand, I talked to Roger yesterday on the phone, and apparently uh, Nerd Store is doing really, really well. So congrats. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about back to... We're about five or ten percent down from pre-COVID projections, um, which puts us right about the same as we were last year, um, which we're pretty happy with. Given all everything considered, if we can be the same as last year, I'm not. I'm not going to complain too much about that. Can we mention anything about what you and I talked about yesterday for the nerds? Sure. Nerd yeah. Let's let's break some damn news. <laughs> so I was really really thrilled when you told me that uh, you're expanding the shop. Yeah. Yep, that's the that's the idea. So um, we actually just remodeled during our COVID shutdown, and we realized we do not have enough space to do what we want to do. And we kind of got an opportunity. We got an SBA loan um, thanks to the COVID, um, you know, stimulus package that they put through, um, and that gave us enough to where we can realistically do an expansion. So our store is going to be expanding to 6,200 square feet. Um, it's going to be occupying two spaces in the mall and it's going to have a cafe built on to the, to it as well. That's amazing. I'm going to go work for you. What's that Joe? The name of your store is the nerd store. I said that. I think. Oh no, you guys definitely did not. (laughs) We did it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. It's, It's in West Valley city in the Valley fair mall. And I am the co-owner of Idaho Comics in Santa Monica, California. There you go. So, yeah, and then I'm gonna, probably going to have my business partner yelling at me because he hasn't told anybody about the cafe that we're doing. Uh, well, so. I think that's fantastic. No, yeah, we're, we, we, are, we are trying to get contractors now to get the bids to do the build-out um, to get the cafe done, which is going to be a big process. We are, fingers crossed, hoping to be open by the holidays, although that's a pretty mm. tall order at this point. It is, because so, I don't know about Utah, but uh, what kind of permits do you have to get 
as far as you know serving and handling food yeah i mean the contractor said that the permitting shouldn't be too tough for the build out and then i know a food handlers permit we actually have employees that already have them so we're ready to go on that um and getting food handlers permits isn't too rough in the past um and initially we're just doing coffee anyways and i don't think you need a food but i don't know i'm still looking at the permitting um this is all brand new to me man i'm not i'm not a food person this is kind of out of my wheelhouse but i'm learning i'm figuring it out all the time so well uh it was always a a, a thing that i always wanted to have like a coffee bar um in our shop and when we looked into it you know it, it was pretty complicated as far as what you had to have because you're still storing and handling uh, food that can spoil. So therefore, there's a lot of, at least in California, there were a lot of permits and procedures and things that you had to have in place before you could serve any type of food, even if it was just coffee drinks. Um, yeah. it, and you know what? Yeah. It, it might be the same in Utah. I'm still, right now, I'm on the build-out portion of it, and then I got to figure out, um, you know, that end of things. Business is complicated, man. Well, you're going to have perishable goods, so are you going to need a cooler? Oh, yeah. No, we've got – we're already buying all the kitchen equipment. Yeah, that was the thing, um, Joe, is that you were required to have all kinds of like stuff like that, like um, uh, particular type of refrigerator, particular type of sinks um, in place, and, and everything as far as the procedure about handling the food, storing the food washing um any of the implements you know like cups and spoons and everything um i mean you literally have to have a certain kind of sink you can't just have any sink it has to have like more than one sink um for dirty stuff clean stuff i mean there was like a whole big oh, list of stuff that you had to comply with college, yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm quite aware of the hoops to jump through for any kind of food service so yeah if you guys get a chance if you're listening and you're interested um keep an eye on our facebook page um to see the official announcement and see the progress and maybe even fingers crossed, see when we actually get finished. Um, so on the facebook.com slash nerd store, UT, you can find our um, Facebook page. Yeah. I'm going to move to Utah and go to work for you. Let's do it. Not Let's see it. Idea. I mean, five bucks for a cup of coffee. There's gotta be a good profit margin there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually, one of the ideas we had is we're going to do, cause we're in a mall and there's a bunch of offices and stuff. We're going to do an unlimited, coffee cup so a monthly subscription unlimited drip coffee that's right it's basically you're 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 creating coffee pool customers that's exactly the idea yeah yeah <laughs> the big news that came out this week was a uh, spawn 311 black panther uh variant the b cover uh, i think it's Bo- i think it's a chadwick boseman variant i don't think it's black panther Oh, he's got yeah, the Black a, Panther logo on his belt. <laughs> oh, does he? I don't remember the art. It, yeah. There's a Black Panther mask in it, but yeah, it's basically it's Chadwick Boseman uh, dressed as Spawn. And it's a fantastic cover. It is. It's quite nice. If I collected Spawn, I would be all over it. And it's a Tard McFarlane cover, so you know that there's going to be demand for it. Yeah, so definitely don't sit on this. Um, as two retailers here talking about it, if you are someone who's scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you see that cover and you think, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to buy that when it comes out. Don't just think that you can walk into your shop the day of and see it on the shelf and there'll be plenty and you can buy it. It is an 
uh, order all you want cover, but there is going to be huge demand for this. And a lot of retailers are going to be putting in big numbers for this cover, and some might not get all that they ordered. So if you want to make sure that you are going to get it, go talk to your retailer now. It's supposed to be coming out the end of October. Don't wait. Go talk to your retailer, especially because that cover is coming up on FOC this coming Monday. So the sooner you go talk to your retailer and tell, let them know, I want a copy of this, or I want two copies of this. Which means if you let them know by Monday, you should be able to get as many copies as you'd like. Exactly. And hopefully they get all the covers that they ask for. That's why but, I said uh, should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But definitely that this is something that you don't want to sit on and just expect it to be on the shelf when it comes out. You need to go talk to your retailer and make sure that you get a copy reserved for yourself right now. This this particular one, I think more than most, too, because so that for those who don't know, the way comic ordering works is we have initial orders, which are done a few months in advance. Um, and when our initial orders were put together, this cover uh, was a B cover. So not everybody even orders the B cover. And it was released without cover art. So we didn't know what was going to be on it to know that we needed yeah. to order that or to be something that would interest people. So a lot of stores probably didn't even put it on their initial order or put one or two copies. And right. a lot of stores miss final order cutoff. They miss the FOC. Sometimes the owner's just busy. Some stores just don't do it at all and don't care to do it. Um, it's a pretty high percentage that miss FOC and just don't do it or do it as a scan through instead of really paying attention. And so there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of stores who are going to miss this release and are not going to know to increase their orders unless somebody tells them. Yeah, but that's a good point because if you walk into your shop and they don't have enough or that they're already sold out or they never got it, uh, don't just think, well, why didn't they order it? The news was everywhere. Well, they put in the orders for that book two months previous and like roger said they the cover art wasn't done so they couldn't even see we couldn't even see what it was we had no clue uh we have the ability now though because they announced before foc which stands for final order cutoff um we now have a chance now to increase those numbers or add some numbers in case we didn't order that cover so uh you definitely want to talk to your retailer and say hey i want this are you getting it are you ordering it and if you are I want to reserve a copy. I want to reserve two copies. Don't sleep on it. Don't expect it's just going to be on the shelf the day it's supposed to be coming out. So believe me, us retailers, we get screwed just as much as anybody else in this industry because sometimes we get the news about a hot cover or a hot book too late. But uh, right now, they were good enough to show this cover right before uh, FOC. We do have a chance to, to increase our numbers or add that book. So if you want this cover, you saw it on Facebook, you saw it on Twitter, you saw Todd McFarlane share it, go to your comic shop, go tomorrow, go right now. If they're closed, just bang on the door until someone comes and let them know you want this and increase your numbers. I'll, I'll pre-order, pre I'll prepay for it and don't sleep on it because it will go fast. Make sure while you're banging on the door, you just yell, why are you closed? <laughs> because we have to have a life outside of the shop. Have you seen a big increase in demand for this cover? Have people been coming in and asking for it? Well, it was just, um, the image was just released. What was it, today or yesterday? So I haven't uh, heard any kind of demand on my end from my shop, but I know the demand's going to be there. A lot of people may not follow social media in, as far as my customers go. They may not fo uh, follow social media that closely where they've seen it already, but they'll definitely see it around the time it's supposed to come out. And they're going to say, oh, I want that. And 
we, me as a retailer, I have to anticipate that. And if I got the chance to increase my numbers now, which I do, darn right I will. Okay. Um, another one that I'm curious about is Savage Dragon 253. The B cover was released, and it's Savage Dragon with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on the cover with uh, the dragon endorsing Biden for president. Yeah, I yeah. saw that one. And I saw Eric Larson get a lot of crap for that online, which is stupid. Oh, he was troll. I mean, I mean, he he instigates that. I mean, so I, I don't Eric think Larson. Eric Larson cares. I really don't. No, <laughs> I, I don't think he does. He's straight. When he does this cover, he's support. He's putting his political view out there, but he's also fifty percent knows he's trolling those guys. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah, he hundred percent does. And honestly, that's totally fine. Who cares, right? I mean, no. if uh, he's if. If those are his, you know, th that's what he holds dear, and he puts it on his cover of his book, it's his book. He should be able to do what well, he dude, wants. Well, dude, when you're an owner in the company, it's not like there's going to be consequences. Exactly. Uh, it was 253? Yeah, 253. Okay. I mean, the last time he did that, he did one for Biden in 2012, or not Biden, for Obama in 2012, I believe. And that book sold out four times and uh, went to press four times obviously because it sold out all four times yeah yeah so, i don't i so, don't see that kind of demand for the for the biden cover i haven't i haven't yeah, seen anybody like so. really i've seen minimal amount it online i've seen really nothing in store it's not it's yeah. just not the same now uh does anyone remember when eric uh showed that cover and this is why because i'm looking it up in my diamond account that book comes out uh october 21st and FOC uh, final order cutoff for it was in September on the 28th. So it's already passed. Yeah. Um, and he should, he last week. Yeah. But, so if I wanted, I can put in some numbers for it and get it. Um, but I might get it like a week after it comes out. If I'm yeah. putting in the order past FOC. Do you, do you anticipate that being one that you get any real like buzz I on? don't. Honestly, I might get like a couple people asking if we have it, but beyond that, I, I can't see the buzz. I mean, yeah, I wasn't sure if in California maybe you got a little bit more than we do in Utah. Well, we might. I mean, we would definitely sell it here in California more so than maybe you would in Utah. But I don't see the demand for this uh, anywhere close to like say, uh, gosh, you know, the demand that happened when Obama was on the cover of, of Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, that yeah, obviously it's, it's that nothing compared to that. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a great cover. I'm I'm glad he did it. You know, I support it, but it's not something that I think would be a big seller for me. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no props to props to Eric Larson. Though. I mean, I don't uh, I don't guy, think. It... Sorry, go ahead. That to his fans. I mean, he's one of the you know he's one of the founding fathers of Image. Uh, had an epic, amazing Spider-Man run that you know he'll be always remembered for as Mar at Marvel and he's like one of the most accessible people in comics. I mean, he literally will stop and have a conversation with anyone. So, you know, almost um, to a fault. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, it's, it's better than going the, the, the other way with it. There's a few. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then, Honestly, uh, most of those image guys are that way though. Um, you know, Todd yeah. is, is very personable. Um, Robert Kirkman, super personable. Um, yeah, you know, I guess Rob Liefeld's maybe not known for that as much, but 
I, you know, I, honestly, though, Rob's always been very talkative and personable when I've talked to him, which is several times, and he's always been very cool to me. So I, yeah, I my experience yeah. with Rob has always been positive. I've, uh, I've, I've talked to, I think, pretty much almost all of them at events, conventions, or even in my shop. And every, even Rob Liefeld, every single one of them has been overly friendly, very generous to a fault, and, and not at all a jerk in any way. Yeah, yeah, and that goes for most of the image crew. I mean, that goes for the Skybound crew too. Um, oh, those guys! You know, are those great. guys are those guys are fantastic. Kristen and I get invited to their Christmas parties, and that's it's a blast. Oh well, I'll, I'm going to crash with you one time. Then <laughs> I'll crash it with you because they never invite me. Well, I mean, we're obviously we're practically right down the street, so yeah. But I like to road trip, and I didn't get any in this year. Yeah, um, well, uh, the Skybound yeah, offices is also. This year, so don't worry about it, Roger. <laughs> the Skybound offices is also where I filmed uh, my bits for um, Robert Kirkman's uh, Secret History of Comic Books as well. So, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great place. So, Department of Truth dropped this week, and um, it's quite an interesting book. Um, friend of the show described it to me in a very interesting way. He said that it is an issue of the X-Files with art from old Sandman covers. It's a conspiracy story and um, Eddie, I know you had an opinion on it that you wanted to share. Well, I, I read the book last night. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Beyond that, it's definitely, I think, the big seller of the week for us. Uh, we went through it pretty quickly. Um, I just went in earlier today and did a reorder to get some more in as soon as possible. Uh, but I, I, I'm a sucker for alternate, alternate history stories, which this kind of is, um, with the big reveal at the end, which we won't say what it is. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know, Joe, that you had a bit of a problem with a um the person who is the main character no, no the main character is um fine it's the um well i mean the reveal the at the end yeah there, there's a reveal that so but uh, the way to describe the character is he uh, he's not really an antagonist he's not a protagonist he's essentially if you're if you're fairly x-files the man in the suit um, what was that character's name? I believe he was the, the, the smoking the the smoking cigarette man. Yeah, well, he was. Um, he never was. His name was never revealed. But yeah, I think he was just called the cigarette man, wasn't he? Pretty much. Or the smoking man. The smoking man. Yeah, yeah, because that's what they talk about in that bare naked ladies song. I hope the smoking man's in this one. You guys remember? Come on, the nineties were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway, he's called, it, he's called the cigarette smoking man. Yeah. So, but okay. you have a problem with someone in history who's known for not being a positive figure, being the main, well, I guess, no, antagonist. Gonna, we can't talk about this like this. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work. So, five, four, three, two, one. We're spoiling the shit out of this. Okay. Uh, the cigarette smoking man is um, none other than Lee Harvey Oswald. Dun dun dun. Yes. What? Yes, yeah. he's Lee Harvey Oswald. Apparently, he never died in this alternate history, and he is now the an old man leading the Department of Truth, who is basically trying to stop 
conspiracy theories from gaining ground in people's minds because when they do, they start to form in reality and become real. Is that a good assessment? That's exactly right. And yes. um, so the, the, the book is the story of a, uh, a, a, a he's, is he Department of Homeland or is he, a, is he NSA? I think he's an NSA analyst. Oh, the and main character? I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think he said he was CIA. Yeah, okay, he's NSA or CIA. He's an analyst, though, and he's basically a transcriber. He's a, you know, he sits in a room and he listens to people and transcribes their conversations. But mm -hmm. he gets roped in through the internet to a um, flat earth conspiracy. And he gets drawn in through a, so he goes to this like convention, a flat earth conspiracy convention, and gets drawn into basically an expedition to the wall and the end of the, the wall, they find the wall and the wall exists. And the reason that the, the, the earth it's explained by the, uh, by Lee Harvey Oswald that the world is still round and everything's as you thought it was, but because perception is reality, if you perceive, if enough people perceive something to be real, it uh, becomes real. It manifests and in reality. Exactly, manifests. So it's uh, so we can make the Earth flat if we just believe hard enough. If enough yeah. people do, it, it will basically reality hey, will reality is, will rework itself. Isn't just this this just the ending of every Christmas movie ever made? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and in the end of the first issue, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, finds the true meaning of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? Actually, it sounds that sounds legitimate. I think that that <laughs> that doesn't. So, and Will Ferrell pops out dressed as an elf and leads us in Christmas carols. Exactly. Yes. So, but, we wrote but, the Roger, but Roger, you had a problem with someone who's basically known as probably well, probably the world's most popular assassin. Um, being portrayed. Infamous? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a, a rough term for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I meant the the most known in history. I mean, everyone yeah, probably I, knows so who that I, is. I, 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 okay, if we're gonna go top assassins, I'm gonna put John Wilkes Booth in there. You can't right. not have a top ten assassin list without John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> is this turning into top ten assassins? Yeah. <laughs> who killed Franz Ferdinand? I'm looking it up. Because <laughs> that guy needs to be on there. But if you talked about political assassins, I mean, he fucking blew up all of Parliament. <laughs> okay, but but we're talking laymen, layman people. Anybody, if you ask the man on the street and they ask, "Hey, name a political assassin," they're either going to yeah, name. Absolutely, I, I think that's very reasonable. They're either going to name does John Booth? Lennon count as a political assassination because no. it kind of was, sort of. <laughs> yeah, but people are probably going to name John Wilkes Booth, or they're going to name Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, probably. No, agree. And uh, yeah, he's definitely notorious, infamous. Yes. And yeah, no. My issue was is just is it okay to fictionalize and humanize? Yes. A figure yes. like that. Yes. Have it's fiction. Right. It's alternate history. Um, I'm going to clue you into probably one of my favorite um, science fiction books, and I'm going to tell you what the premise is, and I'm going to tell you it's probably the most awesome science fiction book you're going to read. Um, there, uh, uh, 
there was a book, I forget when it was published, forgive me, I'm sorry, I'd have to look it up, called, uh, oh God, um, The Iron Fist by Norman Spinrad. And this was a alternate history fictional account of what if Adolf Hitler never came to power in Germany. Instead, he moved to America and became a science fiction writer. What kind of book, what kind of science fiction book would he write? That's what this book is. It is the book what? that Adolf that's a, Hitler would have. That's like trippy. Yes, it's the book. This book itself is the book that Adolf Hitler would have written if he never came to power, moved to America, and became a science oh, fiction writer. Oh, wow, that's meta. So, All right, yeah, so what was this book again? Because this sounds amazing. I, I, remember, hold on, hold on. I thought this was the story of Adolf Hitler writing the book. But no, no, it is, the book itself the is the science fiction book that Adolf Hitler would have written if he never came to power in Germany, moved to America, and became a science fiction writer. So what was this called again? I'm, I'm looking it up to make sure. Yeah, but I'm looking it up to double check to make sure I'm remembering it correctly. Um, on, that, on that note, have you seen the Preacher TV show? No. Joe, have no. you seen the Preacher TV show? Oh, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. It's called The Iron, it's called the Iron Dream. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry Iron I Dream. remembered it wrong. The Iron Dream by Norman Spinrad, who yeah, um, have you guys seen Iron Sky? No. Yes, it's Sorry. amazing. It's <laughs> yeah, so it's good. So it's so terrible, and I love it so much. Well, uh, let me it, give you. Let, riding a dinosaur. <laughs> so oh, let me, yeah, and having and and alien space Hitler and Margaret alien space <laughs> Margaret Thatcher having dinner with alien space um, Bin Laden. It's incredible. Totally so, getting uh, off topic here. No, I know, but it's great, and you got to watch it. It's a crowdfunded. Okay. Uh, is it Norway or Sweden? I think it's from Sweden. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm telling you, if we start talking about horrible cinema, you're going to get me way off topic because that is like my true passion. I'm kind of okay with that. This is fun. I think it's making. It <laughs> fun. No, all right. So, uh, Eddie, what were you saying? Iron Truth, right? And so, no, it's called the the Iron Dream by Norman Spinrad. And um, the basic premise of it is, like I said, the book is supposedly the book that, that Adolf Hitler would have written if he never uh, rose to power in Germany and instead moved to America and became a science fiction writer. And it's uh, it takes place in kind of like a post-apocalyptic, post-nuclear world where there's only one country left uh, that is unaffected by all the nuclear crap and the people that are born in this one country are still true humans and everyone that lives outside of it are like um just you know mutated not true not pure blood people and it's basically about this country and the the main characters rise to power to rule this country and basically rid the world of all these lesser humans so there you go <laughs> all right boom boom yeah so the point is this book is like a alternate history book that centers around probably the most horrible human being that has ever existed in mankind on this planet. Yes. And it's written by a, um, by a writer who is Jewish and is basically using this book as kind of like his, I guess, I don't know, making a statement with it. Um, as far as the, 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 um, Audacity, taking Hitler's basic premise and taking it to its absolute extreme to pretty much show how crazy and idiotic it is. 
So yeah, it's okay. It, the, the, the preacher TV show is written and directed by um, a Jewish person as well. And it makes Hitler literally a sympathetic character. Yeah. So doing this book with uh, the image book, the department of truth using Lee Harvey Oswald in this way. Um, I mean, we don't know where the story is going to go. We don't know how they're really going to use this character. Is it off okay. limits? I don't think so at all. Not at all. You've convinced me. I'm sold. And I was already sold on the book. I actually yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, here's my other question now. Should people be running out and buying Wolverine number 49, Wolverine volume 2 number 49, the first appearance of Lee Harvey Oswald in comics? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> it is. They should if I'm selling it. <laughs> yes. So it goes to show. We're going to be slabbing Wolverine 49s. Oh, God. I, I highly doubt that. I really doubt that. Yeah. I would literally have to dive through boxes and boxes of my 50 cent and 99 cent books to find that I'm waiting, issue. I'm just waiting to see someone put up a signed copy by Oswald to see <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> but it, it also goes to show that speculators will try to make anything, anything. a thing and yes, try to jump will. on it. Yes, they will. Okay, okay, so yeah, we're, saying, okay. we're saying no to... We're saying no. Of <laughs> no. I'm, I'm guessing that that's a no. Yeah, that's my expectation. Don't uh, waste your money sending it in to get slabbed. Unless you just really like it. You yeah, know, you can, you can slab yeah, stuff yeah, just because you want to. Harvey Oswald. <laughs> so just recently, Jerry Conway uh, released a statement regarding the comic industry. Um, that I think a lot of people have been talking about, and definitely we would love to give our opinions from a retailer standpoint. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with Jerry Conway, uh, he is a writer that's been in the business for quite some time, most notably uh, known for his run on Amazing Spider-Man in the 70s, and um, was the creator of The Punisher. He was also the the jerk that killed Gwen Stacy. I'll never forgive him for that. <laughs> but uh, um, he's a well-known, very well-respected writer in the industry. Been in the um, been been in it for several decades, and he released a statement about the industry, about what's wrong with it, and what needs to be done uh, to the industry to make it successful. And uh, Joe is going to be kind enough to give us the highlights. Well, yeah. So the controversy behind what he, I mean, if you just take what he said on surface value and you don't dig deeper into the context of what he's talking about, it sounds pretty controversial. So what he said, his quote is, is I cancel every existing superhero comic book. I reference, he's being asked how he would fix the comic industry. And his response is, I cancel every existing superhero comic book and publish a limited new line for a middle-grade readership, simplify characters and storylines, and eliminate every event that requires more than passing familiarity with the basic simplified continuity. <laughs> 10, 15 titles. So he'd eliminate everything down to 10, 15 titles. And um, for existing readers, I'd offer a separate higher-priced graphic novel line with whatever expanded adult storylines creators and readers want to explore. But this would be separate, not monthly, not the mainstream. And I do everything possible to get monthly comics into supermarkets and movie theaters and Walmart, Target, Costco, and offer subscription services through Amazon. Pursue every alternate distribution avenue possible. The present course taken by the majors publishers is dead. 
They're pursuing the wrong readership. There's a bigger audience out there. We just have to welcome them. Uh, that so sounds yeah. like a statement to me made by someone who hasn't worked in comics in decades. That's what that sounds like. So I knew you would have a problem with this, Roger. And um, I will say that some of the basic ideas of what he's talking about, I think I absolutely agree so with. No, there's definitely ideas in there that I, I agree with him 100%. Yes. On. I'm curious yeah. which ones which ones are yours. Which ones are yours? Let's, let's compare. Well, first off, uh, the idea that the direct market is pretty much the only place um, to buy comics is appealing to the readership that is already established, which is the 30 to 40 year old comic book reader who has been reading for decades, who knows all the continuity and um, is familiar with all the characters, you know, the, the basic sure. uh, comic book geek that comes into the shop every Wednesday and buys the new issues. It does not, leave much as far as gaining new readership you are basically um you're basically focusing the entire industry on this one particular aspect of the market that eventually unfortunately is going to grow out of it they're going to grow old they're going to die and you're not replacing them so the idea of trying to simplify aspects of the comic line to bring in new readers mainly young readers, I think you it's necessity. You have to do it. Otherwise, you are basically, it's like selling cigarettes to only people over 40 who are going to die from smoking those cigarettes soon, and then you've got no new are smokers. You, are you implying that take... my comic books are killing me? Because you actually might have something. <laughs> I'm using a bad analogy only in the fact that... <laughs> I'm using a bad analogy, but I'm using it in the sense of trying to make the point that you are catering your market to a uh, particular customer that eventually, sooner or later, is going to grow out of it. No, I get, and I get what you're saying. And you're, and, not, and you're not replacing them. So, so, so my first disagreement and my most vehement one is that saying that the current model is broken. I think the current model can be can be enhanced and can there are things about it that can be made better but to say that it's broken is just categorically untrue and i don't think substantiated by the reality that that's a there's a very good amount of people that are making a fair amount of money in that the way it is so um i, I completely reject i completely I reject not, that statement yeah, i'll agree with you on that i won't say that it's broken what i will say is that it is it feels a bit like a dead end I think I think the idea of distribution through Amazon not only abandons so much about what makes comic books a community, but it also is just unrealistic because distributing a three dollar periodical through on a regular hold basis through Amazon is something Amazon is going to laugh at you if you even pose that idea to them. Um, yeah, for the independence of yeah. the business that they're going to get and what they have to go through um, from from the amount of work that it may takes to get that. They don't want that business. They wouldn't accept that business. That's just that just shows a complete misunderstanding and a lack of understanding of both the comic business and larger corporate business in general. Um, so that, Agreed. that's just a plain out silly statement. Um, as far as, as far as Walmart and things like that, I'm one of the retailers. It, it's fairly split when these things come up, but, um, half the retailers hate the idea of Walmart. Half of them, like myself, favor it. I totally favor having them in public places. My yes. concern and where I don't favor is when they give Walmart exclusive releases. 
I don't Agreed. think that. I don't Agreed. think Walmart or any big box store should ever be given an exclusive cover or certainly not an exclusive release. I can even be okay with exclusive covers to an extent, although mm-hmm. I think that's a slippery slope, but when they give them exclusive story releases that are only available there, um, I think it's a disservice to stores and I think it's a disservice to the consumer because those are always hard to get your hands on. It's very, the Walmart is not there. They don't care if their numbers are right. They, they, they don't, they don't know. They don't know how to handle the books. Um, you know, it just becomes a very, there's no ability to hold and pre-sell. So it becomes an every man for yourself where people can snatch and flip. Um, the the system is just not there when you release stories that way. I do agree that we need to get things. What's that? What's that Joe? You're picking up. Also Walmart doesn't release, uh, or doesn't release books to every store. So there's none in my area. Yeah, there's none in the whole Northwest, yes. as far as I know. Yeah, and that's another obvious problem to that. So, so eBay becomes your distributor at that point. Yeah, um, Roger, so I, you, uh, yes. Yeah, so that's my problem with Walmart. Outside of that, I'm fine with some of the bigger, like if they if they release, and certainly you know trades and things like that. But even if they do some re- issues and use it as an outlet for dead product in the warehouse, I think that's a smart outlet. I have no problem with that. I wish they'd offer us the same packages for us to distribute, but I understand that Walmart's not going to allow them to be on their shelves, and ours doing that same thing. So I can give that up if it gets more people into comics. I don't mind. Absolutely um, no. Walmart should not have exclusives. No shop, whether it's Walmart, Target, whatever, should not have any exclusives. We're talking about they should be an outlet for the newest issue of Spider-Man or the newest issue of Batman or whatever. Because these exclusives that they're sending to Walmart, the people that are going there and hunting them down and buying them all up are not new readers, kids, they're all the speculators and flippers that are going yeah, and it makes it, it so all. the kids don't get their hands on the yes. comics, which is the whole point of this whole thing from the industry right. standpoint. Exactly. It makes it so all the comic books end up on eBay and guys like my hands yes. and our ages that, that just, it just does not do what they are claiming that they want this Egg, to do. Exactly. But now imagine that you're checking out at the grocery store and when you go, you're standing there in line, there is a rack right there in front of you of all the uh, newest magazines of people in touch, us, National Enquirer, all that BS. Why isn't there Spider-Man there? Why isn't there newest newest issue of Batman there? So when the kid's there in line with his mom, he's looking up and and saying, I want that, I want that. And frankly, you could go one issue behind. Walmart could get them one month behind us because if your intention is to get new readers in, you can still get new readers in that way. Walmart will still sell them on an impulse, and then that mm-hmm. still gives people that are regular comic buyers a reason to come to us. So, and not that we can't, but, but Walmart even, but even still, can, but. but you'll still get readers coming to the comic shop because you'll have it's a limited, very limited amount of stuff that you're going to have there. You're going to have, basically you're going to have Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Sure. And no, of course. That's and we're going to take care of our books and we're going to offer hold service. And we're going to do all the things that Walmart's simply not capable of doing. But, but the point is the kid, he doesn't know any of uh, anything about going to any comic shop. He's a little kid, but he sees Spider-Man on that rack and the mom's going to buy it to it for him. So he'll, you know, shut up or so finish his homework. You're going <laughs> right. to make, you're going to make a new reader who is yes, going I to agree. grow up and go to the comic shop. You're, you're basically, entirely. yeah, you're growing new readers. So yeah, you go to the, the supermarket or you go to target or you, like you said, you go to the movie theater, you just saw the new, um, new Avengers movie. Hey, look, there's a rack of Avengers comics that are all like cool starting points, you know, yep. and yep. people, people pick it up because it's an impulse thing. Cause they just saw the movie and a certain percentage of them, you're going to catch them. And then they're going to start going to the places that have all this stuff, which is our shops. 
So I absolutely agree. That stuff needs to be everywhere. It was everywhere when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I'd go to the liquor store or go anywhere. There's always a spinner rack. There was always comics. What were you going to the liquor store as a kid for? (laughs) For comic books. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay that's good 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 uh, good cover <laughs> and and i and i graduated from buying them off the spinner rack in the liquor store to going to the comic shop yeah no so, of course so the other part i agree with i agree um and this i think is what got the most controversy but i fully agree that every single superhero book needs to end it needs to have an ending point it needs to wrap up we need to say that was the universe that was good and then we can reboot um, we can reboot with the same characters, but we need to come with a definitive ending to the current universes. We know we need to let them say, okay, these are over because right now, you know, I, I think I've talked on this show, but I came into comics a lot later than most. I was well into my late twenties before I picked up a comic book and I immediately gravitated away from superheroes, even though I tried to get into them because I didn't want to have to know yes. everything. I didn't, I had, I, I, and to this day I read very little superhero. And that is the main reason I read very little superhero is I don't want to have to know everything about the characters I don't care about. Cause they might come into the ones I do and it becomes important. And I miss parts of the story. And mm-hmm. so I, I really gravitate away from it because the weight right. of a uh, 40 or 50 or 60 years of publishing just becomes too heavy to want to bear and you don't get the stories that you're after. And it, and it stops you from telling as, you know, I think some of the best comics that have come out recently from a superhero standpoint are the ones that stay in their own lane. You know, I think of Tom King's vision. This is a fantastic storyline and it stayed in its own realm, stayed in its own lane. That's Um, why I've been really liking uh, daredevil lately because it pretty much is just completely separate from everything else. Yeah, Matt Fraction Hawkeye was know, that way too. I don't have to know a million other characters or a million other events that have happened to be able to follow it. And I think that with this particular point, maybe you know, canceling everything sounds extreme, but I think that Jerry has a good point here where you've got to wipe the slate clean enough to be able to bring in the newer, younger readers. You have a line of comics that are easily accessible for young readers, similar to like the 70s and 80s when I, you know, started reading Marvel and and started loving all this stuff, it was accessible. It was easy to jump in. And you have that line uh, that's going to bring in all those young readers, but you don't want to alienate all the older ones that know all this. And that's that's the key. And you have a line for them as well. I don't agree with not publishing monthly for older readers. I think that's silly. And I think that doesn't, that makes no sense because that's where monthly periodicals right now are selling. Um, so you cancel the one area of profit to uh, for no reason that I can tell. Um, I do think having a kid's line makes sense, but they already do. It doesn't get the type of traction they want ever. Um, so I don't know how realistic that is. And the, I mean, that's a great idea, but it just doesn't pan out. It hasn't, and it's not. Um, yeah. so that's just not how that goes. Um, I will say on that note too, when I see people target kids books and talk about kids books, when you were a kid going in, they were targeting six, seven, eight year olds. Um, I don't think that's the focus anymore. I think the focus for readers is 13, 14, you know, is, is young adult and, and teen and teen. Um, because I just think societally and, and culturally we've shifted and younger children don't read as much as they did before, where I think people really get into that in their judging on my kids and judging on what I see with their friends and stuff into their teen years is when most people start looking at reading as an activity that they want to do and not what they're forced to do. Um, I'll agree with you. Then I'll disagree with this one point. The, the age bracket that you brought up, uh, not true for me. When I got into comics, when I was a kid, uh, it was when Frank Miller was doing daredevil 
And it was okay. when uh, John Byrne and Chris Claremont were doing X-Men. Okay. So to yeah, me, so that's definitely not little kid. No, to me, it felt very adult because, you know, especially the Daredevil stuff, because it was really kind of maybe kind of dark. And it felt like yeah. I was reading yeah. something that, you know, older kids should be reading. And um, uh, it, every decade, the, the readership of comics have just continuously skewed upwards to the point where it has completely alienated everybody under a certain age. And Jerry is saying, you've got to bring those people back into the fold. And I agree with that. So I vehemently disagree with you, Roger, about your point about rebooting universes. Um, look, comic book canon was thrown out the window in the 90s. There hasn't been a consistent canon since then, and it's not necessary. You don't need to reboot the numbering again, which I hate. You I'm not talking about rebooting numbering. I'm talking ending the universes. Ending. No, no, I'm you couldn't be more wrong. If you do that, you're risking alienating your current fans. And on top of that, from a storytelling perspective, it's just unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Because if you go and you look, I mean, look, I started reading again. I mean, I started reading again in like 2012. And that was all digital. But I started collecting again in 2017. And I was able to jump in both feet and pick up pretty much and every major series and be able to just kind of go with it because every writing team at this point brings their own character. And every time they switch team, you're getting almost a whole new character. Yeah, but you weren't new. You, you, you came in knowing the characters. You came knowing basic dynamics. You came, I came I mean, in not even understanding. I came in not even understanding how to read a comic book. I didn't even know what panel to follow after the next panel. I didn't even know what a crossover was. And I had no, and, and so that, and when you're coming in from that level of, of knowledge, it is daunting. I'm telling you, it is, it is significantly daunting. You need to have a line. Yeah, you need to have a line that appeals to not only younger readers, but casual uh, readers who can't new readers, not even casual, just new. Yeah, but even casual, too, because these people are not going to invest that much time into learning all about a particular uh, universe of characters or what this character is and all the the events that have happened. They don't care. They just know, I just saw the the Avengers movie, and it was awesome. I want to read some comics. Do you want to know what the biggest barrier to entry is for new readers? It's the fandom. It's the bar entry is so high with 50% of the fans and it's intimidating. You go into a comic shop and in a lot of places in a lot of comic shops, if you are like Roger and you don't really know anything and you go in there, you're going to get mocked and it's just a shitty experience. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, yes. I agree with that's that. Going away. That I wouldn't to... say it's anywhere near half anymore. I don't think it's anywhere near that anymore. Yeah, there's um, a lot I, that, there are those though. It's yeah. very toxic and we need to, they need to focus on ending that. I mean, yeah, that needs to stop, but that's not a problem with the comic industry. That's a problem with the comic with those fandom. Well, and yeah. in it, it stores, it's not fandom. It's, it's bad stores. And frankly, I hate to say it, but doing that would do that because you're going to have a lot of the old guys that are the toxic ones rage quit and get pissed off. And then they're going to remove themselves and you just have to let the garbage take itself out. So I'm fine. Exactly. with that. Yes. Uh, again, I just, I feel like, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, you know, I deal with people on a daily basis who I look at them and I and I pitch them a story and they go, "That sounds that sounds great." And then they'll come back to me and they'll start to ask questions about it. And I'll have to talk to them about the next story and the next story and the way that this goes into that story. Or there's a story that I want to pitch to them, but I'm like, but you kind of have to read this to understand this. Or I'll get, and I just watch their yeah. eyes gloss over. And you just yep. watch them and immediately lose interest and they'll go, okay, thanks. I mean, I don't even, I'm going to tell you right now, when I get a new reader, I never, and I mean literally never, unless they specifically request a Marvel or DC book, I do not recommend a Marvel or DC book. I go to Image, I go to Aftershock. I go even to Valiant if they really want superhero. Um, but I go to something where I know I'm not going to get that reaction and I'm not going to have something happen in that re- regards that's going to alienate the person before they even give it a shot. Um, yeah. So I go, I, go, I, don't, I go to indies every single time. Or you have to direct them to a one-and-done complete story, like whatever, like uh, Killing, Killing Joke or All-Star Superman or anything where it's basically a beginning and end. They can buy that one book, yes. they can read it, they can enjoy it. And say that was cool. Maybe I'll go get another one instead yes. of having to fi- decipher hieroglyphics to try to figure out what right. else and that, going and on. And that means, and that means for them, eighty-five or ninety percent of superhero comics are out off the radar. Agree. And, and That's the problem why is those line... people are buying. They're buying on Amazon, and they're seeing the good reviews from people who do read comics, and they're getting it and going. Oh, I don't get. I don't it. get yeah. this. This isn't good for me. Oh man, comics kind of suck. And they just decide comics is medium or not something they're into. And I tell you, yes. I talk to people all the time that tell me, "Oh, I tried reading comics. I didn't like the medium. It was too difficult to get into. So I just decided to watch TV and movies instead." <laughs> That's why you have to have a line that is simplified for younger readers and casual readers. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it needs to not be a line. I think it just needs to be the way they tell stories because you can still have tie-ins. You can still have events. You can still do, but, but you got to understand that in the modern age, people are going to go on Amazon. They're going to say, what Black Panther book gets the best ratings? I'm going to buy that one. And if that one yeah. happens to not be that one, that beginner doesn't know they bought a non-beginner book. They're going to go, oh man, I don't really like comics. And they're going to back out of comics. And then once you've lost that shot, you've lost that shot. Exactly. Okay, so here's the problem. You're con- Okay. So you're bringing in all these new readers what do you do with your existing readership or when these readers advance, what are you going to do? You let them read the books that come out. Uh, Look, it's not, I hate that advanced versus be it. It makes it accessible to beginners. That doesn't mean it's a beginner story. Killing joke. Watchmen. Um, we're both that way again tom king's vision i keep going back to because that just keeps popping yeah. in my head but the entire image comics run the entire publisher is that way and i would not call that books that are unattended i think most people graduate to that from superhero um and so i i, I totally reject the idea that you have to have these overly convoluted almost like i mean i go back to like assault on pleasant hill was was a couple years ago right before civil war ii right i really love that event I couldn't sell it to save my life because you had so many crossovers going through so many different series and so many different teams. And I had so much backstory I had to explain to somebody. And that I think was a lot of the problem with the Hydra Captain America. Again, it was a great story and I will fight anyone to the death. That Hydra Cap was a fantastic story. I understand why people didn't like it and didn't get into it. Cause when they read that first issue, they're like, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense for me. Having read Assault on Pleasant Hill and Civil War II going into that, it made total sense, and I was hyped. Mm-hmm. Nope, the other people didn't. And so they immediately looked at it and go, this freaking blows, and they put it back. And you shouldn't have to read something that's not related. It would be like going to see a movie in the theaters and finding out that there was a pre- uh, that it's a sequel to something that was made 20 years ago that had none of the same actors and none of the same um, – you know, it, it wasn't billed as a sequel. It was billed as its own movie, and you don't understand it because you didn't see the first one. You'd be pissed. I understand I, I'm okay with starting a line, like an entry line, 
I'm just saying, there's no reason to trash your existing readership. And it has to. There's too much there. It's too heavy. There's too much there. There's no other way to do it. But also, his recommendation was you move those people to a different line. Yeah, but that's going to be too confusing. We've tried that. They do that all the time. There are always these solutions of we're going to please everybody. And so many of the we're going to please everybody solutions from the publishers is because they're mad or they're afraid of the toxic groups of the fan base that are yeah. going to bitch and moan and the old guys. All, almost every bad decision being made by publishers and since I've been in this industry has been done to comfort and to appeal oh, yeah. to the old guys that are coming in that are the ones that we need to not be appealing to. Exactly. About the customers like me and I go into my LCS and I drop, you know, I drop between a hundred and, you know, 300 bucks every week at my LCS. And I do that because I want to support them. I want them to be there because they're my LCS. And, um, you know, if you start making everything self, like I love red sun, uh, I no, things can still be on ongoing series, but just make them. I don't want. I don't want to simplify. I, I want my complex storytelling. I want. My... Yeah, no, you can have complex storytelling. You can have ongoing series. You do, nobody needs an ongoing series for sixty years, Joe. Nobody. There is yeah, nobody who can tell a compelling story over sixty years. That doesn't exist. I don't think what he's. Crisis is for. Crisis resets the DC universe every yeah. five. If you read Crisis, then that makes sense to you. Yeah. If you don't, then you don't understand that this book you just bought on Amazon and this book that the guy at the comic book store sold you to, to, to get that don't make sense when you read them together at all, that you don't, you don't know that. So you have to do research to be able to understand the story, You and you're pissed off. You're like, I bought a book, and I got to research how to understand a book I bought. Yeah, I understand. It doesn't that. make that any guy, sense. That reader, not, that reader is not as important as me who likes this enormous – like part of the appeal is that it's all interconnected – and there's this huge universe. And, and you can still I, have you can still have the interconnected nature after you reboot it, and you make sure that all of them stay within their title. And you can still have that entirely. That doesn't go away, and you don't make it so that new readers can't get into it. Because right now, that's that. And, and, and frankly, not to be a jerk, but I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think you're more important than they are because. Your $300 a week is fantastic, and I love customers like you, and I'm not trying to say that to put you down, but if it comes down to it, I would rather have 100 people spend $3 a week than one person spending $300 a week every single time, without a doubt, no question. It's yeah, not even close. You're, you're just you're, – you're, what you're forgetting is that – or you're assuming, you're assuming that that will work. Now, here's the downside. What if you alienate me and your plan doesn't work? Yeah, well, this is this is what happens when we talk to publishers, and they're always too afraid to do anything other than what they do. So they keep doing yeah. the same things, and people keep complaining that they're doing the same things, and the same thing doesn't work. But what if the other thing doesn't work? So we're going to keep doing the same thing that slowly stops working and is slowly getting worse, so that we don't take a chance that maybe yeah, this is this is the whole. You can't do business scared, and part of this business is publishing. You can't publish scared, or you're going to become irrelevant. And we're seeing that happen. Most young readers don't read superhero like they read independent books. Image Comics is is booming compared to everyone else. Boom Comics is booming. Not part of the manga. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, it's, and, and it's because they can get into those things. Marvel and DC took up eighty percent of the market share. What's that? Last time I checked, Marvel and DC still made up eighty percent of the market. Not if you not if you take into account graphic novels and trade sales, which is how most young people are buying. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, that doesn't factor in the YA market. Right, and that's still a significant reduction of where they were at. Uh, and 
and by we say I so I want my compelling stories. No one's saying that the books that they would uh, be putting out in this new line won't be compelling stories. They're not going to be. It's not going to be kitty fluff. No, you're just it's allowing just, things to end when they need to end. Yeah, it's just oversimplifying it for people to jump in. What, sorry, Eddie. What Roger is describing to me really sounds like we know DC Universe is ending, but one of the really cool aspects of DC Universe is they put every single issue of Detective Comics and every single issue of Batman on there. And so I've been trying to work my way from one Batman 1 to current and Tech 27 to current. And let me tell you, it is a grind going through the thir late 30s and early 40s books because they are long and they are bad. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're, I mean, it's, it's no, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. And no one like, is I saying that we're going to go back to that. But that's what Roger's describing is over. No, it's not. Very no, it's not. No, it's not at all. It's not at okay. all. I'm not talking about changing the stories that are being told whatsoever. In fact, I think that that's what you're describing it is making a line. So some people can have one in a line. So I'm talking about simplifying it so that people understand what they're reading. That's it. And, and how often do you get into a series and you read it and, so, and you can tell the writer and artist went in with a arc, 5, 10, 20 issues that is fantastic. And they had a story they were ready to tell. And it, and it has that thing and it wraps up and you're like, that was fantastic. That was really good. And then you can tell that they just kind of put material out for a while because they really didn't think it was going that far. And they really didn't have that much more. But the book's selling well and we got to put something out. It would stop the necessity for that. It would stop. It would be like, okay, look, that book was that is wrapped up. There's that story, and so you 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 would be able to sell these books in an anthology format. This is a fully wrapped up Batman story. Now that Batman story can still be met, referenced later on. That Batman story can still be relevant later on, but not in a way that makes it so you can't read that book without having previously read that. Otherwise, it's considered a sequel to that story with the same name, and it comes out as a sequel to that story, so you can run it linear. I mean, don't they, they don't do that, do that with consistency? Like I mean, how many Batman titles are there this week? Three, too four, many. Five? Yeah, how many Batman titles were there last week? Seven, three, two, five. I mean, there's I can't keep up with all of Batman. I, no, I love Batman. I can't keep up with all of it. Right, and how much of it needs to be Batman. being produced? If we're honest, how much of it is really? worthy of production? Yeah, well, but that's Half my point though. At if, best. If, if, okay, so you were saying that. I just I don't like the idea of canceling. Yeah, but from an edit, from an editorial standpoint, Joe, the reason they're not doing this, the reason they're they keep producing all these plethora of books that don't need to be produced and that have low low con quality content is because they feel obligated because they know if they throw Batman on it, it's going to sell, and they got to supplement the ones that aren't selling. This way, doing it that way would allow them to just replace the team. It would allow them to be honest about it and saying, "Hey, we're done with that story." Let's let's do something new now. It would it would it would it would lower that obligation for them to constantly have to be doing something like that. And I think that needs to be part of it too. I think there needs to be a real focus on not putting out garbage. Yeah, I mean, look at the uh, the Batman titles that are coming out right now. I can already go down the line and cut out half of them completely. Red Hood Outlaw doesn't need to exist. Uh, what else? Batman Beyond, sorry, love the character, doesn't really need to exist in the monthly. And you can keep going and pretty much cut the Batman line down to half. Yeah, no, I'm saying I understand that. But see, that's – so. but what sells? What sells? Is it these individual, like, 12-issue Batman arcs? Like, okay, uh, this is a bad example that just pops in my head because of the controversy. The Warren Ellis, Batman's Grave. It's a 12-book, self-contained story. 
kind of like long Halloween. We'll say long Halloween. That's a much better example. I mean, it really depends on the on the individual book. If it's a book that catches, if people has a good concept and people dig it, and it has a good creative team, then yeah, they'll sell really well. So they do. They do sell. Yeah, it, it, what really matters, I mean, Batman TMNT sold like insanely. Um, what what really matters, I think, is the quality of the content because what we have to think about in sales is yes, peri- periodical monthly sales matter, and that's what makes the book profitable when it's all said and done most of the time. But the books that can then hold their own in trade later on as something that's yeah. recommended and regularly read, those are the ones that are the home runs. Those are the ones that are the great books that that need to be focused on. And I think having something in a I think that's where a lot of this is coming down is you're really focused on a, a completionist periodical collector standpoint, Joe. And that is the old guard. And frankly, that is not very many collectors that are like you. They're just not, I know they're the vocal ones online. I know they're in a lot of groups out of the total comic buyers. They are a small minority and the ones do do where the market's headed and the ones that, that spend the most are the ones that will pick up some issues on series. They're interested in, or that has cool cover art and they, but they read more. They read at least as much or more in trade than they read periodically an issue. And they they kind of do mixed media and bounce back and forth between those two. And I think you have to understand that when your audience changes that way, you got to change your publishing strategies. Interesting. I have to agree. I mean, how what percentage of people do you have that come into your shop, Roger? That say they're they're casual readers. They're not the person that comes in and picks up Batman uh, off the shelf every two weeks. Uh, when it comes out, they just come in and say, I want to read a cool Batman story. Yeah, I would say for me, 80 to 90 percent of my, my probably 80 to 85 percent of my, my customer base. If you're talking about amount of customers, if you're mm-hmm. talking about volume of sales, it's probably 55, 50 percent, somewhere yeah. in that range. But yeah, I'm it's talking about it's, percentage, percentage of people that come in the door. Percentage of actual people, it's definitely it's probably 80 plus. Yeah. And I'll say the same thing that it is in good times when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. It is also the majority for me as well. Uh, they're also the people, the people that buy more pops, and they're also the people that buy more toys, and they're also the people that mm-hmm. buy more wallets and keychains and all that other good stuff that I make more money on than comics anyways, too. Well, and good on you, because I can't sell a pop to save my life. <laughs> but worry, but that is exactly the point. But that's exactly the point, is you have the large enough percentage of people that come in the door that... Um, don't buy books every Wednesday. They don't buy the new issues. They come in and they want to read a cool, complete Batman story. Yeah, they or come in Spider-Man, when they're in the area, Superman, they stop in because we recommended something cool to them once or yes. we had a good customer service and now they want to know what the next thing that they want to buy is. And you'd be really, really surprised, Joe, if you work in a shop, how long, how short of time it takes before with those types of customers, before they've gone through almost every employee there. And you're like, well, everything else kind of requires a lot of back knowledge and a lot of like having to read this that maybe wasn't as good to get to it. And, and you'd yeah. be surprised how, how few titles you can really recommend to them before they kind of run through everything. And you're having to frankly branch it, branch into indie books. And that's where the publisher fails us as retailers. And that's why I think I agree with a lot of what Jerry is saying. Yeah, I do too. I think a lot of it, I, again, not all of it. And what I disagree with, I disagree pretty heavily with. Um, but I, I agree with a lot of it. All right. Well, there it is. That's a lot to think about and a lot to unpack. Hopefully, And Roger was on fire. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, ex- Roger, it's really good to have you back. Yeah, yes, man, it's well, good to be back. I've, been, I've, I've missed it. Well, we need you. We're glad you're here. 
All right, so I want to say real quick that we have been a little inconsistent recently. We've all been going through some major life changes, and recording <laughs> that we have been able to do as consistently as we want to. We are going to try to get on a more regular schedule going forward, uh, whether that's monthly or bi-weekly or whatever. We we'll are be around. Trying to do something consistent sooner than later. Um, but we apologize for the last five to six weeks where we have been sporadic with our installments. Eddie? I also want to do some fun episodes, damn it. Well, let's do some fun fluff episodes. <laughs> Hey, this was fun for me. I don't know. What uh, this was fun. I like getting I, heated about shit. That's that's I always love, good. Love arguing about comics and retailing. Yep, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, um, coming up, we have a few ideas to kick around. I want to do something about the margins because I think that's something that we can really inform you on, and that not enough people understand. And I know you guys would be excellent at putting together a little school for what the reality is of your local comic shop so that people can know going forward. Um, also, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on our Facebook group if you have anything you have want to ask questions about. Um, there's even a post somewhere in the uh, big comic book collectors group on Facebook with 130,000 members where you can ask us questions there, too. Um, that'll show up in my alerts if someone ever posts on it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're listening and you want to get involved or you have questions, please get at us. There's a plethora of ways. If there's an Instagram, you can comment there. We'll see it. <laughs> uh, the YouTube channel as well. Um, Eddie, Roger, thank you for your time. I appreciate your input and your ideas. And, and uh, Arguing. And <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap things up for us. We will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Adios. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Jenna. Hey there, my name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. And I'm Kylie. And we'd like to invite you to join us in the Fortress of Comicitude podcast, where we discuss such topics as... Creator Focus, where we pull a comic creator's name out of a bucket and talk about their history and books they've worked on. We also do what's called the Comic Book Club, where we pick a book, read page by page, and analyze how cool it is. And Was It Really That Bad, where we take an old comic book movie from the past that got horrible reviews and decide if it was truly, really that bad. Plus creator interviews, movie reviews, top five lists, and so much more. So join us in the Fortress of Comictude.